0: Hey, Adam, what's your favorite thing to do in the summer?
1: Um, I enjoy going to the lake. Wrong answer. Try again. Uh, I enjoy Netflixing when it's too hot out. Okay, that definitely doesn't
0: count. The right answer is barbecuing.
1: Ah, yes, of course.
0: And because barbecue is not known for being low calorie, one of my other favorite things to do in the summer is hit the gym. And on today's episode of On Scene, we'll be taking you to Iron Tap to meet their head chef and smoke some ribs, and then later we'll take you to a different kind of gym where you can work off those summer
1: celebrations. That's Nicole Brodzik, and I'm Adam Kwan, and you are listening to On Scene from Scene in the West Metro Magazine.
2: Watch these stairs, they can be kind of greasy. This one, the third one up right here is crooked.
0: Welcome to Rob's World, where the knives are sharp, the grills are hot, and the meat is almost always smoked. And why is that?
2: The, the flavor is huge. The slow roasting, our slow smoking, and just letting it sit there and relax and get that uh, nice steady breeze of smoke going over it throughout the day. It's way better than just throwing it in the oven, covering it up, putting some seasoning on it, and waiting for the meat to break down.
0: When we met up with head chef Rob Underwood, he took us from his kitchen down to where all the magic happens. His smoker sits in the parking lot behind Iron Tap in Wilconia.
2: Actually, I'm not quite hot to where I want it to be right now. Mm -hmm. So once I get this fire stoked, it'll bring the temperature up.
0: Rob is loading more logs into the smoker to get the temperature up to where he wants it, which is just around 210 degrees. We were there on a Wednesday morning,
1: and if you know anything about Iron Tap, you know Wednesdays mean ribs. Iron Tap's all-you-can-eat ribs starts at 5 every Wednesday evening, but Rob's day starts much earlier than that. We got there at about 10 a.m., and Rob was already working on rubbing down the ribs with a special dry rub recipe.
2: I have the recipe on the wall back there and if you walk past and you have a photographic memory you have the recipe now but other than that you're not getting it
0: he told us there's white sugar brown sugar garlic paprika and cajun seasoning in his rub but that's about all we got out of him before we went down to the smoker rob took us back to the kitchen and showed us exactly what he does with that rub
2: i actually like to rub it 24 hours prior but we didn't get to do that today so it is rubbed and Just uh, with, it's been sitting here for about 30 minutes, letting a chance to, all the salt kind of sink in there. As you see, a little bit of the water's pulling away from the ribs as well.
0: And once the ribs are ready to go, Rob takes them outside and sets up shop for two to three hours while they smoke on his industrial smoker in that back alley.
2: You get a lot of smoke on the face. So you put them with the bone side, the bone that's facing down. So that way you're not going to burn all your good meat on the top here. So you want to space them out. You get them too close together, they'll start steaming in there, and it'll create uh, black smoke and carbon. And then all of a sudden the ribs are all black or gray. It's better to just go low and slow.
1: So when the ribs are done here, Rob will take them back inside, cover them up, and basically let them steam the rest of the way. Once it's time for the all-you-can-eat rib fest, Rob will coat the ribs in barbecue sauce, throw them on the grill, and get a nice glaze on them.
2: That, I think Wednesday is one of the best days to come for smoked meats because I'm just out here all day doing this.
0: And when he's not at Iron Tap smoking meats, Rob is spending his time eating and researching more barbecue.
2: Uh, I, I lose a lot of sleep over barbecue.
0: He said Iron Tap uses a Texas-style barbecue sauce. It's his recipe and one he's put many, many hours into perfecting.
2: I, I like to just try different things. Actually, my wife has asked me, if I'm going to need a new refrigerator for all the barbecue sauce that I have because I have every style of barbecue sauce from the grocery store and some that i bought online, trying to figure out what's the, what the best barbecue sauce is for me.
1: And that's kind of Rob's motto for everything. Find what works for you and experiment until it's perfect. And I'm not going to lie, I had these ribs and they were really good.
0: And for people doing this at home, you're probably not going to get it just right the first time. So Rob also had a few tips for newbies trying out a smoker in their own backyard.
2: You know what? One thing I learned from all the obsessing about barbecue sauce is low and slow, triple T, time, temperature, texture.
1: So triple T is sort of a smoker shorthand for remembering to keep those three T's time, temp, and texture in mind when figuring out how long and how hot to smoke your meats. For example, you wouldn't smoke a rack of ribs for as long as you would brisket. Anyway, let's get back to Rob. Um,
2: and be yourself and do what you like. Um, and one other thing that I've learned is try to find the best quality of meats and more practice and uh, don't be afraid of constructive criticism, I guess. Because everybody's going to say, my rub and my this is better and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I'm out here smoking it. And if you have a better, come and show me. I'm right back here at the, out in the alley at Iron Tap. So.
1: And if you're looking for him back here, he'll be the one that smells like applewood smoke and barbecue sauce.
0: And like we said earlier, if you're a fan of ribs, they've got all-you-can-eat ribs on Wednesday night starting at 5 p.m. And if you're not a big rib fan, then I truly don't understand you, but they do smoke other things like brisket, chicken, and pulled pork, and sometimes vegetables.
1: Now, once you eat all that, you might need to loosen your belt a little. So to work all that off, we're heading east to Mound to fight off all those calories from all the delicious food. But before I explain what all of that means, here's a word from our sponsor, Scene in the West Metro Magazine. Unseen is brought to you by Scene in the West Metro Magazine, where you can read more about the stories you're listening to right now. You love where you live, and we've got the reasons why. Scene in the West Metro is a magazine focused on what makes life in the Twin Cities West Metro so great. Look for tips on what to eat, what to drink, and where to go in each new edition. Scene in the West Metro is delivered in your local Sun Patriot newspaper and is available to everyone online at westmetroscene.com. Oh, nice, <laughs> back. Lean back. Get you back.
3: Chin down. Should be at your blog,
1: Three Soteric Life is a unique gym for the West Metro. It's a martial arts gym, but it basically caters to every kind of martial arts. It's a place you can go to learn Kung Fu or boxing. Or you can get in the cage for MMA-style jujitsu jitsu or Mai thai.
0: And now I get that all of that might sound a little intimidating. I was nervous the first time I went down to meet the gym's owner, Merrick Moreland. But as soon as I walked in the door, that all went away. Because instead of it being the dark, brooding gym I expected, Merrick has painted all the walls the brightest shade of yellow I've ever seen.
4: I, I purposely picked colors that made it very friendly-looking, um, very kind of exciting and, and tantalizing to kind of just be playful. Um... In my mind, I kind of think this should be a, an adult playground. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly, everyone works all the time, work out. i got to go do my workout. And I, I'd much rather you come to here and be like, yeah, it's time to go to play.
0: And as I learned on my latest trip to Three Life, Merrick has every reason in the world to still be playing and enjoying his healthy, active life.
4: I have cystic fibrosis, uh, which is a genetic disease that you're born with. Um, you know, when I was born, the average age was about five. And now the average age is right around 30. Um, I'm obviously doing extremely well, 42. Damn, that's incredible.
0: Incredible is a good word for Merrick. He said he grew up as an Air Force brat, so he just kind of learned whatever martial art he could find in all the cities his family moved around to. And then he took it a step further as an adult.
4: So I made sure I went to Korea, I went to Japan, I studied everyone I could, Um, studied different senseis, just learning ranks in different systems, and really kind of... Getting the whole mixed martial arts idea before they even called it mixed martial arts.
0: And that's kind of the mindset Merrick brings to his students in his gym. It's about learning, not about fighting.
4: But, like, it's a little bit
1: about fighting, right?
0: I mean, it can be. He does train clients who fight, and he actually is an MMA ref on the side, but a lot of his clients never set foot in a ring or a cage. This is Julie. She's a 50-something woman from Shakopee. She said she was a little nervous to try the martial art classes at first, but after working with Merrick in a nutrition class at another gym, she decided just one class couldn't hurt. (laughs) That was something I never wanted to do. I'm really not a hit-a-person kind of girl. That's just not me. And One time I finally went to one, and we got done, and he was like, well, and I said, well, I didn't hate it, so I guess I'll come back. And it's just kind
1: of been history from there. So what kinds of classes does Merrick teach to keep people like Julie coming back?
0: Well, there's your regular MMA classes. There's kids martial arts and all kinds of nutrition and grappling classes. But Merrick also has other trainers there who teach classes like jujitsu and something I learned about called Krav Maga. Uh,
3: my name is Paul select and I'm the instructor for Krav Maga.
0: So that's one that I haven't heard of before. So what is Krav Maga?
3: Okay, Krav Maga is an Israeli self-defense. It was uh, developed around uh, World War II for the for the uh, the people of Israel to defend themselves. It, it's designed to be um, based on natural, instinctive movements so that anybody, any shape, size, athletic ability, handicap can, can learn self-defense and yeah. defend themselves against against chokes, bear hugs, uh, knives, gun sticks, getting thrown on the ground, all that kind of stuff.
1: So do these guys, like, get in the ring and fight, or is it just, like, self-defense class?
3: Kramaga is only for self-defense. It's not used to fight in a ring like you see UFC or MMA stuff going on because we train to, for, uh, one rule in Krav is to go home safe. So when we fight, we target vulnerable spots all the way from the throat, the eyes, the groin, anything that's vulnerable that can do the most damage so we can go home safe. By the time you leave a class, you should be able to defend yourself with one skill, at least for one, one situation.
0: So this one actually made a lot of sense to me. It's a self-defense class in a gym that's mostly used for martial arts. They seem to fit together, Right. Right. So what I didn't get was how yoga fits in here. Adam Ryan is a former kung fu fighter and is now the yoga instructor at 3Satiric. He explained to me that actually yoga and martial arts come from the exact same place many, many years ago.
5: Uh, I think the yoga is a nice bridge for people that don't comprehend the martial arts because it's actually the same teachings that so many generations apart, one grew into philosophy in India, the other actually grew into self-defense and fighting in China.
0: And Adam has done both, but he had a very different kind of fight on his hands after a motorcycle accident. He said yoga is the reason he's still able to move and teach today. Um,
5: overseas, I trained traditional Chinese Kung Fu, Shaolin Kung Fu. Almost four years ago to the day, I was crippled in a motorcycle accident. I separated the spine in my neck. I couldn't use my hands, and I crushed my knee. Uh, and they wanted to operate, but we say that your spine and your joints are nature's opus and never open them. Once you do, they're never the same, so I took my Sifu's advice. I didn't get surgery, and I started doing yoga, and, and now I can almost put my foot straight in the air.
0: So I tried doing that, and I think I pulled something.
1: Um, that sounds really painful. No thanks.
0: But if you saw Adam, you'd know he's not joking around. If I didn't know any better, I would never have any idea he wasn't supposed to be walking right now, let alone pulling off yoga poses I can only dream of doing. That's the point, though. He said he hopes he can pass on some of what he's learned to the people in and around Mound.
5: Well, I hope to disseminate the teachings that healed me back here. Uh, When you move, say we do this pose where we lay on our arms, all our body weight, and when we take them out, all the blood rushes back into your arm. And the purpose is that things gather in your bloodstream. And without that mechanical feature, then you are more prone to build up carpal tunnel, etc. So it's movement-based help.
1: So who are his yoga clients? Because I'm picturing like the typical group of women in yoga pants doing downward dog while there's just a bunch of people boxing and kicking all around them.
0: No, not quite. It's a lot of the same people who are doing the martial arts style classes but are using yoga as a way to stretch and cross train. But he also teaches kids yoga and Merrick said it's been a huge hit so far.
4: He, he basically tells a little parable or stories he's teaching the yoga and then uh... As he's telling the story, inevitably the kids start to get fidgety and get out of their poses, and he stops the story. And of course, they go, "Well, what happened to the story?" And he says, "Well, let's go ahead and do a new pose." So that's how he keeps them kind of engaged through it. Awesome. Um, so it's kind of neat. So each week, the kids learn a different parable story to kind of match up with what they're learning in the MMA. Um, so you know, it might be patience, and he tells a story around the patience. And then when they come to MMA, we're doing a lot more <laughs> patience-type drills, um, where everyone has to line up and wait their turn and that sort of thing. Um, and then, of course. We got all types of different you know, character building or virtues that they go through week to week, so it's kind of fun.
1: So actually, it seems like all this stuff kind of works together really well.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And to me, it seems like something you just can't get anywhere else. It seems like the way Merrick has set up Three Satiric is what's really drawing in these clients and trainers.
5: A lot of people, the environment he's created here, a lot of people don't know what they're looking for when they want to train. They just want to lose weight, they want to be more flexible, they want to be stronger, but they don't know specifically what that entails. This paradigm that's created in this gym is so unique that there is the education and not just in psychology, but in physical movement and nutrition is at such a high level. The the trainers are all such a high level, but the environment that we create actually kind of leaves an open template for yourself. So if you don't like something or if it's heavy, there's an option that you can do something else and it really gets a good foundation of movement uh, for the people so they start to distinguish between the different categories we will change your life other places won't
1: well that's um quite a strong statement there
0: yeah no kidding everyone i talked to there though the clients the trainers everyone seemed to feel the same way They have classes every day of the week, and if you want to go try out a class, the full schedule is on their website at threesatiriclife.com.
1: If you want to read more about either of the stories we talked about today, look for them in this month's editions of Scene in the West Metro magazine or online at westmetroscene.com.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next month with the sounds of the 2017 Minnesota Wake Surf Championship weekend, and we'll bring you some information on other ways to enjoy the water before the summer wraps up.
1: Until then, I'm Adam Quant.
0: And I'm Nicole Brodzik, and this is On Scene. On Scene is brought to you by Scene in the West Metro Magazine. Music for On Scene is provided by Kevin McLoyd. This show was edited by Nicole Brodzek, and reporting was done by Nicole Brodzek and Adam Quant.